Hello and thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, every Sunday night we teach on healing and miracles. And this is because, uh, one, we want to pray for the sick and believe God to heal people. But also I, I talk about the miraculous because I believe God wants, wants to do more. And a big part of that is raising our expectation. Uh, looking into the word of God and seeing the kind of things that he done, He did uh, and believing that he still does that. And uh, this is so important because there, there are some people that want to tell you God doesn't do miracles anymore. There's some people that want to tell you, well, you know, there's some people that don't believe miracles have ever happened. And they try to remove the miracles out of the Bible. And that's unfortunate. We shouldn't do that because I believe in a big God who can do big things. And, and it shouldn't seem strange to us. This, in fact, there's a, a verse in Acts which says it shouldn't, it, it shouldn't seem to be a strange thing to us that God would raise the dead. Uh, and I've paraphrased the verse there. But it shouldn't seem strange to, strange to us that God is powerful enough to split a Red Sea, to multiply food, uh, for, for, for the miraculous to happen and things to, to, to manifest amongst us. But there's some Christians, like I said, one group don't even believe miracles have ever happened. But there's vast portions of Christianity and there's churches that even teach that miracles don't happen today. They, they teach that God, yes, God did things back in Bible times, and, and but he no longer does them. And for whatever reason they give, they, they, justify, a, 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 they justify teaching why God doesn't do miracles and God doesn't heal people. I don't believe that. I believe he does. And in fact, I, I sense a stirring on the inside of me that God desires to do more. And part of that is because he wants to raise the level of our expectation. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we're looking, and, and I've been doing this for a few months on and off, but I'm not going to give up until we start getting some greater levels of expectancy in these areas and, and the miracles manifest on a higher level. Uh, because faith comes by the word. Faith comes, and as we look in, as we look in the word of God concerning the things that God has done and what he's shown uh, that, that, that he can do and does do, it should increase our expectation for him to do more. Many Christians have almost zero expectancy at all for God to, to move in a situation. Uh, again, vast, vast amounts of Christians go to church every week without expecting to see a healing, without expecting a miracle to happen, without expecting the power of God to move and the spirit of God to manifest and do things. We have a relatively low expectation for the miraculous. Now, there's some parts of the world where they have the higher expectation, but we should have that everywhere. Every country, everywhere there's a Christian, everywhere there's a church, everywhere there is a believer, there should be expectancy and expectation that the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit within me and upon me can work through me and wants to and manifest himself through me. Uh, it should be normal for us, for, for, for the spirit of God to touch lives through us and, and to do miracles. And for people to get healed and the miraculous to happen. So we're looking in the word of God and I'm just going to keep persisting along this until we begin to, as a corporate group, as a body of believers, begin to expect more. Begin to come to church expecting something to happen. It doesn't just have to happen in church. I've said that a few times. It can happen out on the street. It can happen through your life anyway. In your own life and through you uh, to, to touch other people. I was saying to a group of Bible school, Bible college students yesterday, why is it that many Christians don't walk on the water? And uh, part of the answer, I believe, is that none of them are willing to get out the boat. 
<laughs> you know, Peter had to step out of the boat and believe that the power of God would manifest when he did. So we need to be walking in a place where we are in touch and in contact with the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and then expect it to happen and be willing to have the boldness to step out and believe that things will happen. So I'm seeing some of the, the amens and the hellos, and it's good to see uh, the, the people that are joining us. Uh, great to have you with us. So like I said, we're teaching on, I teach on, I'm teaching on healing and the miraculous because I believe we need to raise our expectation, begin to believe. I, I don't want to believe, be in that group that doesn't believe God does things today. Well, I'm never going to be in that group. And I've had people get offended at me because of things like that. And, uh, you know, well, that's up to them. But I do believe God moves today, and I believe he wants to move more. Now, there's another group of Christians. Some, some believe miracles have never happened. Some believe miracles only happened in Bible times. And then you get the group of Christians that just believe the miraculous is rare. And that, well, you know, it just happens when God feels like it and when God's in the mood. And every now and again, maybe every hundred years or so, or periodically, you'll have something happen. But they don't really see it as, as normal or commonplace. And they take more the, the view that it's just it just happens when God's kind of in the mood for it. And God just feels, oh, I know what I'll do today. I'll do a miracle. And then he says, well, that's my miracle for the next hundred years. I don't have to do any more. I do not believe in a God like that. I believe that that the miraculous should not be rare amongst believers and Christians. And uh, I, I believe we should expect more of them. So we're looking in the word of God. And like I said, I'm going to persist in this. We're going to keep looking in the word of God until, until more and more and more begins to happen in the realm of the miraculous. And there's two areas. There's healing and there's the mirac miraculous. They're connected. They're both manifestations of God's power. Now, last week, we talked about a specific area, and I had that on my heart, to talk about the lame and the paralyzed and the amount of times in the Bible it talks about people who could not walk and the power of God hit them and, 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 and fixed their legs and did whatever needed to be done, and they were unable to rise and walk again. And so we spent times looking specifically at that last time. And you might want to go, if you didn't hear that, you might want to go back and listen to that. Because this is an area the Bible highlights. God will heal anyone and can heal anything. But there's a couple of areas in the Bible he actually highlights certain areas. One of them is the lame and the paralyzed. And I believe we're going to see more people who bedfast, rising up. And being able to walk again, people who've never been able to walk uh, since the day they were born. But I'm, I want to talk about another area that the Bible highlights today. And uh, let's go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And we're going to start in verse 12. And, and it's great. Thank you. I see that from Pat. Pat they're, they're, we're expecting the miraculous. Praise God. We certainly are. And I'm seeing the responses there, the fire and the excitement. But let, let's be a body of believers. I don't want to be an unbelieving believer. <laughs> there's so many believe they call themselves believers or Christians, but they, there's no believing at all. There's no expectation. God moves amongst the people who believe him. We see that over and over in the Bible. And the illustration I use so many times is the children of Israel going into the promised land. The generation that wouldn't believe God, they ended up going back into the wilderness. But the generation that were willing to believe God entered into more and entered into a, a better thing, things that God had for them. I want to be in that generation. I want to be amongst the group. And I don't I don't want to just be rare. I don't want to just be like Joshua and Caleb, where it was the only two. What God is looking for is a body of believers, believing believers, not unbelieving believers. 
And uh, we're going to get that as we get into the word of God. Let's look at Matthew 21. I want to point out another group that the spirit of God highlights over and over and over again in scripture, where these people received healing and miracles in their lives. Matthew 21 verse 12 says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all who all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. I'm sure you've, many of you have heard this before, but he goes in the temple and there's things happening in the temple that shouldn't be happening there. And they've turned it into, to, into a marketplace. And where, I don't know, you know, I'm, whatever the reasons, whatever was going on there, but there were things happening there that Jesus felt shouldn't be happening there. And he, and he got upset about it. And he overturned the tables and he cleaned that place out of the things that man had brought in. See, the temple was God's dwelling place. It was holy. It was a place throughout the Old Testament where the anointing and the glory and the power and the presence of God dwelt. And this, this things he didn't want going on in his temple. So Jesus cleared it out. Now, I want you to notice that. I keep repeating that. He cleared the temple out of the things that should not have been happening there. And notice what he does next. He then talks about and brings in the things that should be happening there. There's a, there's a contrast here. Verse 13, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's a scripture we hear about a lot because we connect it to some of the houses of prayer. And it's wonderful to, to be that. And that's, that's it. God's temple is a house of prayer. We, we're the temple. We're a house of prayer. So it is written, my house should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, he didn't end there. The passage in the temple doesn't end there. Notice what happens next. He's cleared out what should not be happening there. And then immediately in verse 14, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Oh, my word, that just excites me so much because that shows that's what should have been taking place there. People should have been coming into contact with God in the temple. It's amazing how many times it, 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 when Jesus was dealing with situations, he would go into the synagogue. Now, the synagogue and the temple are slightly different. I'm not going to go into all the technicalities there. Temple was only supposed to be in one place. The synagogues were, play, were all over the place. Okay, but he went in and, and, and it talks about people. The, the one woman in Luke 13, I believe it is, she's been going to this synagogue, you know, all her life. And yet no, no one has ministered the power of God to her. And Jesus, in one encounter, once he meets this woman one time and, and she's set free. She was bowed over and not in a good con condition and struggling and in pain. And I'm sure that wasn't nice for her. And Jesus was not willing to leave her in that condition that happened in the synagogue. See, Jesus expected that in, in the places that were supposed to be dedicated to God, the temple, the synagogue, where the things of God were supposed to be happening. What did Jesus like doing in those places? He liked healing people. Multiple of his miracles happened in synagogues. It's amazing because he's showing us something. And that woman was touched by by the power of God, she was healed. One encounter with Jesus. And then the ruler of the synagogue got upset about it. He got offended. He said, well, there's, you, you know, it's the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing that on the Sabbath. And that was all in there, the, the rules that they had written and all kinds of things. But the, the problem, the problem is, is that he was more interested in defending his rules than he was in letting God move in that place. Oh, please, let's not be like that. Let's not be like that at all. The church should be a place 
where God does what he wants to. So many people are shutting down what God wants to do. They want to shut down the move of the Holy Spirit. They want to, to, to quench and dampen and push aside the manifestation of God. And they just want to have man's program running in the place. No, 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 no. We need to take, take the limitations off and say, God, you just do whatever you want to do in this place. See, some people are afraid. They think, well, you know, if we allow prophecies and we allow these things to happen, then demons are going to manifest. And then the flat people are going to give wrong prophecies and false prophecies. And so th their solution to, to, to shutting down the wrong is they shut everything down. Bible doesn't teach to do that. The Bible does not tell us shut everything down. We are told not to quench the spirit, not to stop God moving, not to despise prophecy. Just because there's a few false prophecies doesn't mean we should turn off all the prophecy. We need to have the judgment. We need to learn how to tell what is God and what isn't. We should teach and train our people so they can recognize what is God. If you teach people the word properly, you train them how to be sensitive to the spirit of God, then they'll recognize when something's not right and they won't yield it and go with it. But we should have the manifestation of God in our churches. People should go to church expecting a miracle and expecting healings to take place. It's sad when people can go to church for, for a year, two years, three years, four years, and not know a single person in that church who's been healed. Something's wrong. <laughs> We should, we should, we should, we should be expecting that someone's going to be touched. People are going to be touched by the spirit of God, and the, and and it not just you know it's nice when God touches you on the inside and you get a nice feeling. Oh, God touched me today. I don't have anything against that, but we need some actual manifestation. We need the sick. We need the lame. The people who are coming into church in pain and crippled and paralyzed and can't walk and different things in their bodies. This should be a place where the power of the Holy Spirit touches their lives and, and they get set free. This is what we see here with Jesus. The blind and the lame come to him in the temple and they start to get healed. And he healed and he set them free. Well, we talked about the lame last week. Let's talk a bit about blind. And even if you're not blind, keep listening. You'll get some good stuff out of this as well. But I had it on my heart to highlight this group again, like I did last week, because God highlights this group. God wants people to be able to see. God created the eyes to be able to see. He didn't create them to, to, to not be able to see. And over and over again in the Bible, you see, it is even in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus healed more blind people than anything else. Or we have record of him healing more blind people. And there were prophecies in the Old Testament about the eyes of the blind being opened. And people associated that with the, 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 the Messiah, the, the one that the spirit of the Lord was upon. They knew that the blind eyes were going to open. That's why blind people would cry out to Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. They called him son of David because they knew that the Messiah, the one that was coming, was coming from the lineage of David. So when they call him son of David, they were putting confidence in who he is. They were saying, I believe you are the one. I believe you are the, the anointed one, the one that the, that the prophecies in Isaiah said the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. And he's coming out of David's lineage. And so they were showing confidence in that anointing upon him. And they knew the Bible said he had opened the eyes of the blind. But over and over again, the Bible highlights this area. Can, can God open blind eyes? What if someone was born blind and there's missing parts in their eyes and things that just don't function right? I'm not a 
medical doctor, so I can't give you all the reasons, but it doesn't really matter what the reasons are. What I want you to begin to realize is no matter what the cause of the blindness, it's possible for God to touch those eyes and it's possible to open those eyes so that that person can see, you can see. I believe that. I believe that. It doesn't matter if there's problems with the optical nerves. It doesn't matter if there's maybe something missing. Maybe someone doesn't even have an eyeball. God can put one in there. He can create an eyeball in there. Maybe there's something b between the communication between the eye and the brain and something's not working right and it's damaging the vision. God can fix all of that. God, God created us to see. And, I, and, 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 and this, he specifically shows this group of people. I believe that we should be seeing blind eyes open in our churches. We, we should, the, the manifestation of the spirit of God should be happening in these areas. Now, I read, I read Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 35 last uh, week and, and about the lame walking. Well, let's, let's read it again. And because he mentions the blind in here as well. Look at these. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Oh, yes, God mentions healing, but over and over and over again, he mentions the blind will see. This should build faith on the inside of you. You've got yeah, that group of people have more scriptures than the rest of us because they've got one specifically about blindness. <laughs> Isaiah 35 and verse 5 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Opened. Your eyes. Those blind eyes open in Jesus' name so that you can see. There's no scriptures which say, then the eyes of the blind will stay shut and they'll be happy because they'll just say, well, that must be what the Lord has for me. You don't find that scripture in the Bible. It's not there because that's not scriptural. Over and over again, the blind eyes are opened and they can see. Let's, let's believe this. Let's begin to believe as a group, even if you're not blind, begin to thank God the blind are seeing and the lame are walking in our churches. These miracles are manifesting. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf, there's another group, shall be unstopped. Then the lame, which we preached on last week, then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. Man, he highlights these, what's it, four different groups. Not one of them does he say they have to stay that way. Because that's not what God wants. God doesn't want them staying that way. He didn't, he didn't make them that way. He wants, he wants them set free. His power wants to touch their lives. And I don't want to get into all the doctrine of it. And people say, well, why were they born that way? Let's, let's not get so focused on that. Let's just begin to realize in his word, God shows that this group of people can experience the touch of God and be set free and healed. Over and over again. Let's, let's look quickly at one example. One example. And let's, let's believe as a group, the eyes of the blind will be opened. There are people, there's people, I mean, all over the world, but all over this nation, struggling with blindness and lameness and struggling in these kind of areas. And the church has not been ministering that healing to them. This, this, this is not right. This is not right. We, we need to be that group of people who have the solution because the, we are clothed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. God has put the answer inside of every Christian. He has given us his spirit. And there should be, there should, the, the church should be the place where the blind are coming and having their eyes opened. They got around Jesus and their eyes were opened. We're the body of Christ. Amen.
Luke chapter 18, just look at this briefly and then we're going to finish off. I don't teach a massively long time on the Sunday nights. But Luke chapter 18 and verse 35, we've got one of these examples. It says, then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And notice something happens inside this blind person. He doesn't sit there and go, oh, that's nice. He's passing by. You know, well, maybe if if he if if he, you know, wants to do something in my life, he'll come to me and, and I'll just sit here. And, you know, no, no, there's something inside of this man triggered off. Something inside of them got excited. And it says in verse 38, and he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The moment he realized who this was, the moment they said it's Jesus, he, he, um, he, he must have heard. People must have told him he's sitting there uh, on the road begging. He might have heard conversations about Jesus. But something triggered inside of him and he began to cry out and began to he, he say, yeah, me, me, I need this. I need this in my life. And verse 39, then those who went before him warned him that he should stay quiet. There are always going to be those who want to dampen what, what, what God wants to do in someone's life. They just, oh, no, 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 you need to be quiet. Oh, don't get too excited about healing. You know, we don't believe in healing in this church. Well, we only believe the Lord heals sometimes, so don't get too excited about it. You need to just ignore that group of people. You need to just do what this man did. And it says he cried out all the more. He stood his ground. He said, I am going to get, I want, I want Jesus to come my way and do something in my life. Now, I'm not teaching tonight on how to get it and faith and different things like that. My focus tonight is I want our expectancy. I want us to begin to believe it's possible. I want us to begin to believe that the things that we see in the word of God, that we expect them to start happening and, and, and to happen more uh, in our lives. It's possible. It's possible for a blind man to have his eyes open. It's possible for God to put an eye socket in there. It's possible to, for God to fix nerves and optical nerves. And if there's missing bits and damaged bits from injury or illness, God can fix it all. And his power's available to. It's his power's available to. In fact, as, even as I'm teaching, if you're dealing with this, you see there's an anointing on the word of God. And, and as you're looking in the word of God, you, you might be sitting here thinking, even if you're listening to this recording afterwards, you might be sitting here thinking, I need that. That's what I need. Then you might want to just put your hand on your eye right there or put one hand on each other, lay your hands on your eyes and just begin to connect up with what we're teaching here and begin to say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. This is me. You're talking about me. This message is for me. These scriptures are for me. God, you loved me so much that you specifically mentioned blind people in the Bible and showed that you wanted their eyes to open. You can put your hand on your, eye, on your eyes. Just lay hands on yourself if you don't have someone else to lay hands upon you. And just begin to say, Father, I receive that right now. I see in your word that you want blind seeing. And, I, and maybe up until this point, you've believed, oh, maybe not me. And maybe God doesn't do these things. But maybe it's maybe just like this blind man here, something's triggering on the inside of you. When they said Jesus is passing by, that man got excited. He began to cry out. He began to throw, just ignore the crowd that were trying to shut him up. And he said, no, 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 no. I want this. I want to get this. And if that's you right now, you just lay your hands on your eyes. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, eyes be open. And you receive that healing. You receive that touch from the spirit of God. 
because this power of God and the Holy Spirit, I expect it. And I believe the pe other people listening with us expect it as well. And those eyes right now open in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for that. And, and let's keep going on with this man. So he cries out all the more. He cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. He was not going to let anyone shut him up. See, that's, that's like me as well. I'm not going to let somebody shut me up just because they want to say, oh, God doesn't want to heal anymore. People have criticized me. People say, oh, no, you shouldn't teach that. I'm going to be just like this man. I'm going to shout even louder because I believe God does. And you should too. <laughs> Let's not be ashamed of our message. God, this isn't, God didn't put this in his word to offend people. The love of God, the love of almighty God wants to move in your life and touch your life and manifest in, in right now. And, and you know, I know a moment ago we, we I said about blind people lay hands upon yourself. You can be you might have a different condition. We're not talking about tonight. Just because I'm teaching on blindness doesn't mean you can't be touched by the Spirit of God now as well. You can lay your hands on your, yourself right now. And this whole group of people, all of us listening, will just agree with you. Uh, let's just do that right now. The whole group, all of you who are listening right now, let's just stand in agreement. Let's just thank you, Father God. Every person here right now who needs a touch from the Spirit of God for healing in any area, no matter what it is, we stand in agreement as the body of Christ. Father, I thank you that the anointing power of your Spirit, I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord releases healing into people right now. And I thank you for those immediately, people being set free whatever the condition is in the body in the name of the lord jesus christ receive that healing pain get out of those that body in the name of jesus organs be fixed muscles joints ligaments you be fixed and you be healed in the name of the lord jesus christ eyes open ears open you speak tongue you speak in the name of jesus brain you be fixed and healed you work properly you work the way god intended you to work in the name of the lord jesus christ Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm, I know I'm still teaching. I just had it on my heart right then to just pray. So we did it. And and and, and people are believing with us. So it, I thank God. So receive that, receive that. Let's just finish off on what I was teaching. Here. So what happens? Jesus, Jesus stops. It says Jesus, verse 40, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him saying, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? I would have thought it was obvious, but you know, Jesus was looking for the response from this man. And uh, he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Amen. Notice this, verse 43. This is the last point I wanted to make. And immediately, immediately, he received his sight. And followed God and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God over and over again. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to just keep highlighting this. I, I thank God when someone is healed gradually. You know, healing is a healing, even if it takes a bit of time. Some people, I'm not saying some, you know, there are times it can take time and different things. There's factors involved and there's us growing in the word and some things to a place where we can receive. But I am also believing God for more of the manifestation of the immediate, the immediate. This is what we should expect to happen. This is what we should believe to happen when we lay hands upon the sick. We, we should lay hands on them thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure if anything's going to happen. Lay hands on them and believe in that immediately. Over and over again in, in, in the Gospels and over, over again in Acts, 
when Jesus and when the apostles, when they prayed for people, you see this word immediately, 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 immediately that lame man got up. Immediately his eyes were opened and he received his sight. Immediately something happened. There can be that immediate manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But this is something we don't expect. We don't expect those immediate manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But God's put it all over his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That's why I'm showing you this. That's why I'm pointing this out. Because I want you to begin to expect more immediately. Expect it to happen. You can go to church and someone come in in a, in, in, in a condition where they need a touch from God. They can walk out of that place immediately free. They, they don't have to wait months and months and months and years for it. We need more of these immediately. God wants to do more immediately uh, and an instant, immediate manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's possible. That's, that's the series title as I finish off. It is possible. I believe it's possible. And I trust you do as well. I trust you believe it's possible for the blind eyes to open. Amen. So, well, we've already prayed today. And, and I thank God that the that, that, that power of the Holy Spirit was released when we prayed right there. So we, we, we're going to finish this off now. But every Sunday, you're welcome to join us again next Sunday, same time. Or share, and, and I appreciate if you share the recordings around, help get these, this message out to people. And, uh, and that would be wonderful and great. And at the bottom of the screen, there's also a link there to, to some online courses that I run. I'm uh, just letting people know at the moment I'm running a free course on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's already we're, we're already a number of lessons into the course, but you can sign up and still join the course. There's a number of the lessons. All of the teaching and all of the lessons are available on the course website. So those don't go onto Facebook or YouTube. It's, it's all done on the Bible course website. So if you go there, the first course you'll see there, well, at the moment it's the first course, is, is the Holy Spirit. And you're welcome to join us for that course, which we're, we're putting out at the moment. So God bless you. We will see you again uh, next Sunday for some more. Thank you as well for listening, Dawn and the others. I see those. Thank you very much. God bless you.